Are you tired of your content not getting the reach it deserves? Change that at Grow With Video Summit. From May 23rd through the 25th, join industry leaders like Gary Vee, Ali Abdal, Patrick Bet David, Cody Sanchez, and more for strategies that will elevate your visibility and engagement. So go to summit.thinkmedia.com to secure your ticket. Just click the link in the description or go to summit.thinkmedia.com. How do you revive a dead channel? And what are some tactics you can do there? Millie's also grown 180,000 subscribers over the last 12 months. And so what has she been doing on YouTube? So I realized there was a huge gap in the market there. And so I jumped right onto it. And that's really what helped my channel not ultimately die. What content strategy led to that or frequency of uploads or any tactics? This is a no-miss episode of the Think Media Podcast. I'm here with Millie Adrian, aka Modern Millie, and we're going to be talking about a lot of things. One, how do you revive a dead channel and what are some tactics you can do there? Millie's also grown 180,000 subscribers over the last 12 months. And so what has she been doing on YouTube? But she's also an Instagram expert. So how can YouTube creators be using Instagram to build their brands, go deeper with their community and even reach new people? and so many new little tweaks and hacks. And ultimately, how do you actually set bigger goals and get away from some of these tactics and be more strategic? So I'm excited for this episode. Modern Millie, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's great seeing you. It's been a year. It's been a year. Annual social media, mar- as do you, social media marketing world, meetup San Diego. And uh, I'm super fired up to get into this. But tell us, um, uh, first off, you your channel kind of plateaued. Yeah. Your YouTube channel. And so what'd you do and what turned that around? Yeah, I noticed in October of last year, 2022, that my channel is on a downward trend. So August, September, October, everything was going down. And uh, I realized I had to pivot or else it would probably continue to do the same. So the first thing that I implemented was shorts. I started just recycling or repurposing all of my Instagram reels and TikToks that were under 60 seconds and started posting them every single day to YouTube Shorts. And while that was scheduled to go on the background, so I did that, maybe took me a day or two to schedule all of them out for November and December. Once that I had that going, then I also had to dive into my channel's content because obviously it wasn't sticking with my audience anymore. Something needed to change. And I noticed that the content that used to perform well for me, which was Instagram content, The searches for Instagram overall had been going down the past few months on YouTube and the search searches for TikTok had been going up. So I was like, okay, there's definitely a potential here. I did my own research and found that there were not a lot of videos on YouTube giving TikTok tips. All of the TikTok hacks that you would search for were funny, like, oh, here's a TikTok hack that you could put your toothbrush to da da da. You know, it wasn't TikTok growth strategy. So I realized there was a huge gap in the market there. And so I jumped right onto it. I started after I niched down Instagram, I decided to niche out and implement tips for TikTok, YouTube, all the things that content creators would want. And that's really what helped my channel not ultimately die. (laughs) Got it. Got it. So your channel was focused on basically Instagram marketing and how to grow on Instagram. It also, you started noticing that there was sort of a shift in the winds and started to see where were things going next. It still dovetailed into your current skill set, which was vertical video, video content marketing. So you kind of went to where you skated to where the puck was going, not where it was. But did you say you also took your Instagram reels, which would be the same audience? Mm -hmm. Your Instagram reels were like sharing Instagram tips 
on YouTube where people would want to learn about Instagram. And you basically just took your whole back catalog and uploaded daily shorts. Yeah. I took my entire back catalog on Instagram and then my back catalog on TikTok, which actually I have, I deliver different content on different platforms. So Instagram, teach Instagram. People don't want to learn about Instagram on TikTok. So on TikTok, I mostly post about TikTok tips and YouTube tips because I don't, believe it or not, I don't just love Instagram. Like I'm, my original first love was YouTube. And so TikTok, I felt like I was a little bit more free to talk about those things because I had already built the Instagram audience over there. And so I had a bunch of content talking about all three platforms that totally could be repurposed onto YouTube shorts. And those are the ones that I pulled from. What did you do? Because if you embed audio or certain music, how did you download your files? And did you have any issues uploading those to YouTube shorts if music was embedded either from TikTok or somewhere else? Great question. For me, I didn't care about the music. Like there were videos that had music in the background that I uploaded it and it was like, hey, this won't be copyrighted. This won't affect your channel, but you won't won't have monetized. Right. You won't be monetized. So you just did it anyways. Who cares? Who cares? Let me throw a bunch of spaghetti at the wall, see what sticks, test all of my content. This isn't content that's like, this is going to go viral. This is, I'm going to test everything, see what works. And for after I figure out what works, then I'll create platform specific content. So YouTube short specific content where then I'll start focusing on or worrying about the music and the copyright strikes or things like that. Gotcha. And what app do you use? Did you get them off your phone? How did you download these videos? Yeah, for Instagram, I used snapinsta.app. And then for TikTok, I used snaptick.app and it removes the watermark. The watermark. Um, 180,000 new subscribers since last time we talked. You went through a plateau there, but on a macro of about 12 months, that's very impressive. What content strategy led to that or frequency of uploads or any tactics? I post once a week, every week, and I have been doing that for the past two years. I really think... It comes down to knowing your audience and listening to your audience. So being intentional with my keyword research, I'm able to put a lot of time into researching my videos, researching the keywords, scripting my videos because I have a team of editors to free up that time for me. So I spend a lot of time figuring out the topics that will perform well. And also every time a video goes live on Wednesday, I'm paying attention to the comments and what people are asking. And they're like, okay, well, what about this? I screenshot all video suggestions and I put it into my list of video ideas. And I use those comments as video ideas with credit to those commenters to really drive my content engine forward because they're what drives the entire channel. You know, I I used to be in that stage where I'm like figuring things out and I have those questions. But because I am now at 200, 280,000 subscribers, sometimes I can forget about that initial feeling, that initial journey, those initial questions, because they come so naturally now. So I really need to listen to my audience or else I'm going to overlook and not really pay attention to those little things that really matter. Powerful. Now, you're keynoting here at Social Media Marketing World on Instagram growth and break down a little bit of what you're going to be sharing. A lot of people focus on the tactics, and I'd love some of those. But you're actually saying that we need to have a higher level strategy and really set goals. What's kind of your methodology and thinking here? Yeah, so for Instagram marketing, I feel like a lot of people 
have three goals. There's three common goals when it comes to Instagram. You have growth, increased engagement, or converting followers to customers, clients, sales, really. And a lot of people, they aren't taking action based on those specific goals. If your goal is growth, yes, reels. We all, everybody says, okay, post reels. We know that. But if your goal is increasing engagement, you don't have to post reels, right? There's other ways to increase engagements like DMing and getting in the DMs, sliding the DMs. And I think that that's the most intimate form of communication. That is the best way to tell the Instagram algorithm that you're friends with somebody, that you're close with someone. So that's really what's going to get you ranked higher in their in their feed, their main feed in the story bubbles. It's going to rank you higher. So being very intentional with what you do on Instagram based on what your goals are. Are you ready to start or grow your YouTube channel? Do you feel stuck and need help connecting the dots? Join this free web class where you'll learn the step-by-step playbook for YouTube success. We've helped thousands of purpose-driven entrepreneurs just like you grow their influence with video. Register today for this exclusive training at thinkmasterclass.com. That's smart. And you could extrapolate that out to anything. We're all guilty of falling into chasing views, chasing the dopamine hit of something that just gives us a lot of reach, but it doesn't necessarily accomplish what are we setting out for. So you didn't encourage people to say, what does winning really look like? What is the ultimate goal? What are you trying to build? What is your business model? And what's interesting, though, is as you are going to be sharing on Instagram here secretly, what the audience probably doesn't know is that Instagram is not your favorite platform. What is your favorite platform? (laughs) YouTube is my absolute favorite platform. I started on YouTube back in like 2009, and it's just been my little a little precious baby ever since. And why is that? When you compare the two, YouTube versus Instagram, why do you like YouTube better? The community of one, the audience and the community of the creators just feels so different. Even the way the platform supports its creators is completely different. For example, I'll give like two, three minute little examples. The audience on Instagram. If I post an Instagram update alert or if I post a video on this is how you grow on Instagram, comments, I hate Instagram. Instagram's dead. Instagram sucks now. That's the comment section. Mm. If I make a video like, hey, YouTube, new alert, YouTube tips and tricks, comment section, hey, everybody, if you're reading this, you can do it. You know, like the community is so different. And same thing with just meeting creators on YouTube. The creators that I've met on YouTube have become just, we talk all the time in It's funny, we talk all the time in Instagram, but like we talk all the time, but we met on YouTube, whereas Instagram creators, it felt it feels more. And this is not to say like everybody's like this, but for the the few people that I've met, it felt more collaborative and like, oh, we're going to collab together and get views, you know. Um, So it's just it just feels like a completely different platform. Got you. Yeah. No, I love those insights. And so you've been over on both platforms. You've been doing YouTube shorts and YouTube shorts are very popular right now. What have you been finding working with YouTube shorts? And you did one test that may not work for everybody, but something that people could try that you tested and saw worked with YouTube shorts. What was that? Yeah, when I did my like 60 days of posting the YouTube shorts and looked back at the analytics, it looked like for some reason, most of the videos that performed really well had an emoji in the first like 20 characters. And so... I just give little tips is like, hey, try to use an emoji. If you notice views aren't working, add a little emoji that makes sense. Instead of like three hacks that'll blow your mind, use the mind blowing emoji or like three ways to make money. 
use some money making emojis. That really captures people's attention. I've noticed with the shorts that I've put out. Got it. And is there any thought when you structure a vertical video, what is kind of a template that you have in your mind that maybe that comes naturally for you or maybe it's something more official? For filming a video specifically? Sure. like. What's the my mental yeah, script? Yeah, like the script. Yeah, what's the mental script? I am very much an educational value pillar and not everybody watching this is in, in the educational field, but I very much start with a hook, a headline. If you see it on, I don't know, TMZ or Forbes, like if that title is going to hook your attention, that's what I'm going to say the first thing to get somebody's attention. So like I said, like three, three mind-blowing hacks for succeeding with shorts, you know, never... Never trust Instagram's algorithm ever again. Like that's going to capture somebody's attention. So I say that thing first. I deliver on that promise. Whatever I say, I'm giving you the goods. I'm not going to hook you in and let you down. I really want to give you something valuable. And sometimes I'll end with a call to action, but not always. Sometimes the call to action is what do you want to see a video on next? It's not always a sales like go get my freebie. Sometimes it is. We'll have that sales content, but most of the time, it's like, what do you think about this up Instagram update? What are your thoughts on this? Would you like to see this video next? So something engaging at the end to get people to comment and hang out with me in the comments. It's valuable tips that we can apply to all of our videos. Um, a lot of content or a lot of uh, creators think they need the fanciest gear. And so I'm curious, different gear sometimes also applies to different content formats. But what have you been experiencing? seeing when it comes to a professional camera versus just using your phone, especially with vertical video. For vertical video specifically, I've noticed that your phone is king. I noticed when I posted to YouTube Shorts, anytime I posted a fancy schmancy YouTube video where I was using my professional setup and it was like, I look so cool. I look like Sean Cannell, you know, like, I'm like, ah, it's so cool. Those videos did not perform as well for me as the ones where I just like whipped my phone out. I had an idea and I just recorded on my phone. And yeah, maybe it was the front camera, so it's not the best quality, but it still performed better for some reason that that organic, authentic approach really just brings people into that relatable level instead of somebody watching like, whoa, her setup. I don't know, just based on the analytics for my videos that I posted when I tested them, that was something that performed well for me. Wow. And have you experienced the same thing? Do you have YouTube videos that are fancy, schmancy, think media setup? <laughs> yeah, for my long-form videos, if I'm educating, I think people expect the the fancy schmancy setup, especially some of my topics with Instagram update alerts, social media trends for 2023. So if I'm giving something of value, I notice my audience response best when I'm at my usual desk setup. But if it's not, if it's casual vlog, that setup doesn't matter. If I'm just like, if the value that I'm delivering is entertaining, inspirational, sharing a transformation, sharing what I'm going through, the setup doesn't matter. So it's really that educational content. People expected the the more fancy schmancy stuff. If someone's feeling imposter syndrome, they look at someone that like you has 280,000 subscribers and someone who also you've loved YouTube for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And so just thinking about that length of a head start, thinking about the million things that go through our minds, um, you know, what are people going to think? What is Sally from high school going to think? She's not even watching, but you know what? Sally. I, Sally, I tell you what, you know, what is, what are my coworkers, like the fear of other people's opinions and the judgment. And then, and then just think about the uphill battle of starting a channel. 
What is your advice for people that want to get started in the creator economy in 2023? Don't start for them, start for you. I think this this is something that I'm struggle with on TikTok right now, actually, because it's a whole new platform. So I can relate in that sense. And my biggest hurdle was I, I need to be professional. I'm, I'm educational space. So I, I need to show up a certain way. I have to deliver this certain thing because everybody tells me you have to deliver value. And I was so stuck in my head feeling like I had to be someone or do something in order to see success. But I just, you know, I said, like, F it. Let me just show up for me. What do I want to make today? Even if it's not even niche related. Oh, I said it. I didn't. Oh, my gosh. I'm not in my niche. Right. So just create whatever the heck you want for you. Even if it's just picking up your phone, do a little time lapse of you doing the dishes, have a little voiceover of you being like, man, I hate the dishes and then post it like it's okay if you don't have it all figured out yet. That'll come as you post. But just start posting for you instead of anybody else. And everything will follow. Powerful advice. Uh, Millie, you are on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube. If people want to follow you, what can they search? How can they find you? And anything you want to shout out that you're working on? Yeah, you can follow me anywhere. My handle is at It's Modern Millie. It always starts with the It's. Or you could just look up Millie Adrian, and I'm sure I'll pop up on those three platforms. Currently, I'm in the process of reapproaching my branding and my business. So instead of just Instagram strategy, we're teaching the whole kit and caboodle, teaching creators how to build their online presence, scale their platforms and profit off their passions and doing what they love. So that's really the new approach that I have with all the content I'm creating on all three channels. So appreciate you so much. Thank you for coming on Thanks, the Think sir. Media podcast.